anybody who's joining us a couple of minutes late, don't worry about it. This is just what happens sometimes. Um, it's a little after 5 o'clock, as always, or as most of the time. Perfect time to sit back and enjoy a cup of joe. <clears throat> cup of joe is a podcast that's brought to you by the Human Solution International and the Coffee Party, Coffee Party Radio Network. And... Uh, as a podcast, we have a little more latitude than a broadcast might, but we try to keep this a PG show, best as we can. And this is a show aptly named A Cup of Joe. A Cup of Joe refers to uh, this dark brew that people gather together and share when they talk and when they uh, uh, share ideas and pontificate and plan. And... That's what this show is all about. This show is about uh, bringing a voice to people that might not have one. This show is about bringing life to ideas that might otherwise smolder in somebody's uh, dark basement or, or, or dream state. This is a place to uh, organize, to bring about teamwork. This is a place that uh, sometimes is blonde and sweet and light and fluffy and tasty and has a whipped cream on top, and other times it's dark and cold and bitter. Um, Today's going to be a little bit of a robust brew, so um, for the faint at heart, I recommend just turn that radio off. Uh, You may not want to pursue this. Um, For those of you that are interested in learning about some real stuff, learning about how things really work and things that work and don't work, and we're going to get down to some dark details. We're going to get into some nitty and some gritty here today. Um, I don't have an interview guest, but we do. We will have a few guests popping in to share some stories. And I have with me as a co-host Mrs. Helen Yapel, who is a board member of the Human Solution International, as well as a chapter coordinator of the Solidarity Over Separation Traveling Chapter of the Human Solution International. So, Helen, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you. So, today, um, well, we have actually Dana Bland on the line right off the bat. So, we're going to jump in and and talk to Dana um, before I go deep into the topic of court support. And we're going to talk about what court support is, what the human solution is with reference to court support, Uh, what it's not, things that we can do, things that we can't do, things we should do, things we shouldn't do, and examples of all of the above. So we're going to get pretty graphic. We're going to actually have the response of an attorney to some actions that were recently played out. Um, And we're going to talk about what the human solution has to say about all of that. So, Dana, welcome to the show. Dana Bland is is with us now. Dana is chapter coordinator for our Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter out of Missouri. And Dana's been an active, uh, very active representative of the Human Solution International. And he's been popping around from one courtroom to the next most recently. And uh, he's just joining us to give us a little update about things that are happening. Welcome to the show, Dana. How are you doing today? Uh, we're going to had a pretty good day today health-wise, so I think I'm kind of working through that. But, yeah, it's been pretty busy around here. We got, I'm going to be on the uh, 
Wendy loves show Ed show tomorrow. Cool. Awesome. And uh, we've got we got the case down there in Arkansas we're working with. I think things might turn out okay with that. Uh, and then of course up in Gallagher we got that case which you know about, everybody's heard about that now because of you know. We'll be talking about that as we go along. Yeah. And then Zach Star. Yeah, Zach's case is coming up here pretty soon too. So. We also have uh, Frank Crudo's hearing um, tomorrow, and they're going to be retrying him. Um, so they're, they're, there's a motion to suppress uh, one of his primary uh, evidentiary points tomorrow. Um, so there's, there's a lot happening in the, in the, in the deepest to the mid, middle section of the heartland. Yeah, it's been pretty busy. Uh, but, I mean, I, I've been telling everybody, uh, you know, I know that, that some people don't agree with other people or whatever, but we all do need to stand together and not air it out, you know, the way it's been going on on Facebook and stuff <laughs> like that, because the only thing that's going to do is damage our, our cause. Absolutely. And, uh, I'd rather work with everyone and then not damage our cause and just make things work right. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk about about uh, teamwork, and we're going to talk about uh, unity, and we're going to talk about, you know, the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of social media and, 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 you know, things that we need to be mindful of and all of that. We'll be talking about that today as we're talking about effective activism as a piece of court support. So um, I welcome you to definitely continue on. Uh, we're going to be having a long, long uh a long tale of how this whole thing has played out. Human Solution International has been doing court support for over 10 years now, and we've sat in courtrooms all over the nation, um, in in the UK, in Canada, in uh, Australia. We've been we've been all around, and uh, we've seen a lot of things. And and you know, there's not necessarily one set of rules, but there generally is, and we're going to go over that and how it works and and what what can go wrong and, and what we can do to keep things from going wrong. So is there anything specific you wanted to bring up um, as far as um, calling out some, some help or attention to any of one of these cases? Uh, yeah, uh, everybody, the, the, the paperwork, it's on the calendar, I believe, as far as Zach's case. Uh, we want to really put out a decent crowd there and also back up in Gallagher and Jennifer Hudson and then, of course, I got one another one in Arkansas in February, too. And uh, we just need to stick together and try to lower the, the amount of fighting amongst ourselves because that's what the courts want us to do to begin with, to keep us from getting out there and doing what we're supposed to do. You know, there's probably no better advice than what you just gave. I think that when we can remember that we do have enemies in this war. There is an actual war. They called it a war. We didn't. Um, but the deal is, is oh, there... Yeah. Their side has a job to do, and they get paid to do that job. And our side is fighting for our own freedom. And so we don't get paid to do it. In fact, it costs us dearly to do it. And people like you and so many people that are out there supporting other teams, people don't realize that at great cost to ourselves, uh, we travel long distances, we, we, we sacrifice time at work, we, we put money that we don't have into the gas tank, and and, you know, the people that are actually coming to support these defendants generally 
are 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 doing an, at a hardship. Whereas, as soon as you step into that court, everybody that is our adversary is just doing their job. And we have to remember that, I think, and I think we lose sight of that because, you know, we're human beings and we don't all see eye to eye. And, you know, activists tend to be, I don't know, fairly strong-willed. They tend to be fairly... Um, um, <laughs> I need to look at me. <laughs> They, they they tend to have some some pretty stout yeah. <laughs> opinions about how things are and maybe how things should be, and we don't always see those things as the same. And then what happens is one person does a bold move, and the next person, well, I don't like that, and then they start chopping away at them. And it doesn't matter. Well, we all have to come back and take that step back and remember that why we're here. Why are we here? We're here. Yeah, to support I, each other. Yeah, yeah, I try to take and put the theology out there. Uh, I go to work dressed in a suit and tie because it makes them respect me. And the more respect we can gain from the court, the better off we are. I totally agree. And one Very of the things okay. we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through the Human Solution website. So for all of you that are uh, um, interested in learning about this, uh, it's T-H-S-I-N-T-L.org, and we're going to go to the Court Support Guidelines page, and we're going to review all that as we're going along in this conversation. So, um, you know, one of the things that I want to get to when we're talking about court support is that there's a huge misconception that happens. The Human Solution International has been around for over 10 years now, so we've been in courtrooms all over the country, people have seen pictures of all of the rallies and the protests and the court support, and, and, and you know, they sometimes, maybe always, seem to equate anybody that does any court support with us. And so what happens a lot of time is, obviously, court support's a good idea. We didn't invent it. We just realized it's a good idea and started doing it. But we've done it so well and so vigorously and so adamantly that, you know, we get connected to it every single time. And here's what's happened. A lot of times the defendant will decide, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm going to court. They go on social media and say, I'm going to court. Can you come and support me? And then a bunch of people say, yeah, we're going. And they come to court. The problem is people that don't do this with a plan they come and they have their own ideas about what should and shouldn't happen. And sometimes people say, well, I know my rights. I'm in a state where I can have pot, and so I'm going to bring that pot into the courtroom. And sometimes people think that when they get inside the courtroom, they can talk to the judge. They think they can uh, do more than talk to the judge. They think they have, they have a, a voice in that courtroom from the gallery. And, and, and the reality is, no, you don't. No. You don't. And and what we have to realize, number one, I think this is if we can just get this one point, is that if we go into court to support somebody, we have to remember we're doing it for them. We're doing it for them. Yep. And I can't, let me just say it again. We're doing it for them. This is not your moment to shine. It's not your place to trust me. If your job and you think that the best thing to do is to bring pot into court, do it on another day. Just do it on your 
alone when nobody else is there and there's nobody you know in court so that you can't hurt them. And that would be the great time to do that. Bring a bunch of your friends and walk into court with a bunch of pot without any specific courtroom. You can go into court any day you want and go into any courtroom you want, unless it's closed, and sit in any court hearing that you want. Go bring your pot there. And then you don't have to worry about hurting the guy or a woman or a couple or whoever group that we're there to support. I just can't stress that enough. We always bring our great ideas to a place where they can cause havoc and, and harm to each other. So as a man who has sat in many court hearings for me, meaning I was fighting for my own freedom, I fought three felony cases for a total of almost 30 felonies. And I sat in court hearings almost 200 times. That means I took a day off of work, had to drive 80 miles to the courtroom to sit in a hearing where most of the time it got continued. Most of the time I went all the way out there just to have it put off for another two weeks or some little silly thing happened. And sometimes a big thing happened. The point is I know what it's like to sit in a defendant's seat. I know what it's like to go these long trips for nothing or for seemingly nothing. But I also know this, when there were people there in support of me, it raised me up. It made it to where I was willing to keep fighting. You know, the, the, the hardest thing in this equation when we talk about court support is having a defendant that's willing to fight. Most defendants are, are beat up. They're tired, they're, they're, they're afraid, um, they look at what they're facing and, and, and courage is hard to find when you're facing prison time, when you're facing a loss of, of, of your freedom, or maybe your family's freedom. Maybe you have children that could be taken away or, or, or whatever it is. And so it's hard enough to find somebody that's willing to get up and stand and fight. So when you come in and you're, and you're there to help them, to raise them up, you've got to remember that that's the only thing you can do or you should do. If you do anything other than that, I'm sorry. I'm, that's all I can say is I'm sorry. Um, so the next step is yeah, I want to talk about the difference between court support and the human solution court support. Because when a defendant decides that they want to have court support, they've got lots of choices. They can go find their fans, friends and family and say, hey, can you all come out to court? because i got a hearing today, it would be great to have you there in the courtroom with me. That's court support. Or you can do what a lot of people do, and they go to Facebook, and they create some Facebook event and say, right, we need support in the, in the courtroom. Can you come out and join us? That's also court support. Or you can reach out to the Human Solution International, and you can do that by coming onto this show. You can actually pick up your phone today and dial 646 929-2495, you can get on this show and ask the Human Solution to help you out with court support. You could do that. And I would actually highly recommend it. The next thing you could do is you could go to the website, thsintl.org, and sign up as a defendant. Begin the process that we've already long suffering, toiled, and came up with a, a, a plan that we've watched work over and over and over, and we'll teach you how to use it will teach you how to, how to effectively support somebody. That's the third way. Now, if you do the third way, 
there's some certain things that you, you'll be doing. You'll come to learn that we actually have guidelines, guidelines. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to quickly go through the Human Solution International Court Support Guidelines. And they're on a page that says Court Support Guidelines. <laughs> it's, it's just so puzzling that we've made it so easy and simple. And yet here it is. I'm going to read it right off the line from you. I ask maybe pop onto your computer and follow along. THSINTL.org, Court Support, Court Support Guidelines. Let me just read this. The court support guidelines, the purpose of court support, to show that average law-abiding people do not support the criminal prosecution of those who grow and possess cannabis. Simple. For the message to be effective, we must show appropriate respect for the court and its proceedings. Makes sense. <coughs> Please take time to follow all of these guidelines to maximize the effect our court support efforts of our court support efforts. Failure to do so can result in your removal from the courtroom and negatively impact the defendant you hope to support. That's right there for everybody as a resource. If you decide that you want to do court support or organize court support, please, whether you use the human solution to do it or not, please consider following this type of rule. All right, effective court support guidelines and etiquette. Number one, Dress as conservative as possible. Be sure to wear clean, neat clothing. If possible, dress in business attire. Avoid T-shirts with vulgarities, bare midriffs, or otherwise revealing clothing. Ribbons are permitted and encouraged. Again, the solidarity ribbon. Simple. It was designed specifically to show support without saying anything. Now, Dana takes it to, in my opinion, the best possible solution. Wear a shirt. Wear a suit and tie. Anybody who sees somebody that walks into a courtroom wearing a suit and tie does not consider them to be a threat. That's all. When you see somebody that's walking around in a holy T-shirt and jeans and, and, and long dreads and, and a bandana and whatever else that we choose to express ourselves freely, a courtroom sees that as potentially threatening, and they treat us as such. All right, now this might be one of the most important ones here because you could theoretically get away with some pretty casual attire and still do effective court support. Number two, be polite and respectful when dealing with court personnel. Okay, let me just slow it down, rewind it for a second, and do this again. Be polite and respectful when dealing with court personnel. Pay attention to their instructions and comply with their requests immediately. Avoid any negative outward, outward negative reactions to their instructions, as some take this as a sign of disrespect. For example, if a bailiff says, be seated, sit down. I don't know. It happens from time to time. If they say, don't have your phones on, don't have your phones on. If they say whatever they say, just do it. Because if you don't, what you're doing is creating an antagonistic environment in a world where you could hurt the person that you're there to help. Now, if you're a defendant and you want to get up there and be a defiant defendant, God love you. I got no problem. Do whatever you want. But if you're there to support somebody else and they're not explicitly asking you to behave this way, 
My guess is they don't want you to behave this way. All right, next, electronic devices. Turn off pagers and cell phone ringers. Granted, we wrote this a long time ago when people had pagers, okay? But it still applies. Recording devices and computers are also not permitted for spectators. I've had plenty of people that I've seen over the years, including even some attorneys, um, get caught recording um, proceedings. They don't like it. There's a, there's a transcript available of every proceeding that's generally pretty accurate. Um, I've seen things that have been omitted, but generally they're pretty accurate. Um, most importantly, your cell phone going off is about the most disrespectful, disruptive thing that could happen, and I have heard them happen so many times in so many courtrooms. And most awful was when it happened in my courtroom, when I was the defendant sitting in the defendant's chair, and one of the people that was there supposed to be supporting me had their cell phone go off, and they got reprimanded or even kicked out of the courtroom by the bailiff, and I'm sitting here going, fuck, okay? So turn your cell phones off. When we do this effectively, and we're going to talk about some of the extremes that we do, we'll coordinate that, and we'll make sure that you're reminded. But that's what happens when you engage a team that knows what they're doing. That's the difference between just going in there as free-thinking activists who mean well but don't have a plan and going in there with the team that does. All right, next, property search. Court security officers and court staff are authorized to open and inspect any item carried into courtroom, and they will. Generally, you're going to go through a screening before you get into the courthouse, but if you carry a big old bag into the courtroom, they might very well ask you to open it up and they have a right to in their courtroom. So just remember that, you know, think this out. How am I walking into this situation? Am I drawing attention to myself? If so, do I want attention drawn to myself? What good could come of it? What maybe possible harm could come of it? These are all things to consider. Leave cameras outside. Pro photography is not allowed in a courthouse unless, this is important, because when we're good, we figure this part out, unless you're a member of the media who has prearranged permission. Now, if we do this right, which I've seen happen many times, we get media credentials, we request to the court prior to the hearing if we can have access to the courtroom, and then, God love you, you can bring that camera in. I have some video that was taken with media credentials of my bail hearing, and it's still out there, and it can be seen, and it was... It was freely allowed by the court. Kyler Carriker's case, we had uh, mainstream news in there multiple times. There's been a number of cases I've been in that had media credentials in. Plenty of times we've tried and failed. We created press credentials for the Human Solution International. Sometimes they've let us in. Sometimes they said no. Sometimes they don't care if you're Channel 2 News. They'll say, no, we don't want the cameras in here today. Other times they do. That's one of the things we're going to learn as we're going along this route. There's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to this. These are guidelines. All right, next up. Do not interact with members of the jury. No contact is allowed. No gestures of communication. No discussion about the case should happen even in the hallways, the restroom, or other public areas where members of the jury could be present. The worst thing you can do is start talking about the case in front of jurors. Don't do it. 
the jurors will go to the judge and say, hey, these guys are talking to me, and we will get shit on. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen when we didn't do it. I saw it one time, okay? There was this one time we were supporting a case with a defense attorney that we were supporting many of her cases, and successfully, I might add. And we were at this one case, and they took a week to select a jury. A week to select a jury. And we sat at the end of the hallway, and we waited. Sometimes they let us, once they got close to the end, they let us um, sit in the courtroom when they were responding room in the courtroom. All right? So this is this is the kicker, all right? <laughs> and part of this is maybe a little funny, but it really didn't help. <clears throat> so we had this one guy who was with us, and he's a guy that actually we supported him. In a, in a successful case, he was acquitted during a trial, and our support made a difference. But he was there, and he was a Latin-looking guy, and he was wearing a hoodie sweatshirt. And I shit you not, one of the jurors went to the judge and said, one of our people, who was him, was intimidating her in the parking area, and his claim was, I walked by her. I was, my car was over here. Hers was over here. And, and but, but it was that much tension. And she banned him from the courtroom. And then here was one thing that I would say never, ever, 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 ever to do. So we're sitting there. The rest of us are sitting here kind of licking our wounds going, okay, everybody, don't mess up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the jury comes up, a juror comes up to the judge, whisper, whisper, talk, 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 close the courtroom down, call back a hearing. Well, it turns out that somebody that was in our midst had written on the bathroom stall something about jury nullification. And they closed the bathroom off as a crime scene. And we were asked to leave. And in my opinion, it was certainly the poorest choice of, of decision to do. It was kind of funny, but bad idea. Okay, we got we got painted as bad people, and we were asked to leave. We didn't come back to that hearing, and I think they ended up pleading out in the end. Um, they might have even been acquitted. I don't remember. I just remember that was the last element that I do remember. So, you know what? Don't talk to the jury. We just had a situation. Um, Mike Webb was going to be joining us to share this story, but I'll share it best as I remember. Uh, we were just at a hearing, a trial, not a hearing, but a trial. And uh, the, the defendant got called out for handing out jury nullification cards on his own without consulting us how to do that, and he handed them apparently to some potential jurors, and they used that against him. Wow. Okay? And then Mike ended up respectfully trying to get heard because we were being painted as some kind of like a a neo-Nazi kind of a gang or something. It was ridiculous. And he was respectful in a in a suit and he came back and he was like, you know, trying to get 
heard, but he was in the courtroom in the gallery. And bam, he got shut down, okay? We just have to learn how this works. All right, we're still going. Don't talk to the jurors, please. Don't bring your medicine to court. You won't be able to use it there anyway, so leave it behind. Again, if you want to bring your medicine to court, go take it into some other courtroom where the guy that we're trying to support isn't. Make your point there where nobody of, that we know can get hurt. No prohibited items in the courtroom adjacent to an adjacent lobby area. Don't bring weapons, alcohol, illegal substances. Don't put yourself in the group at risk. Don't bring food or drinks. You know what? I don't know how many times I've heard, well, I'm hypoglycemic. I'm this, I'm that. Well, they all don't come to court. If you can't go to court and just sit there and be quiet and don't do anything, then don't come. You can protest outside. We'll get to that shortly. There's all kinds of things you can do besides come to court and still be helpful. Do not talk while court is in session. Even quiet whispering is enough to get you ejected from the courtroom. Inappropriate facial gestures or exaggerating gesticulating is forbidden when court is in session. No one should be heard except for the counsel and the judge. This is not your show, folks. This is the defendant's show. And I know I have sat in so many courtrooms for so many hours, so many times, what it's like, and it drives you nuts. You hear people getting up there and they lie, and you've got people that are stifled, and you're just like, yeah, that's not what happened. I was there. I saw it. But you've just got to just sit there and be quiet. There was a time down in San Diego used to have a really robust chapter down in San Diego. We used to have a lot of cases down in San Diego. Now, I'm not saying we don't have cases, but I'm saying we don't have the same support that we did at the time. In one case down in San Diego, at a time when we were, seemed like we were down there every other week, there was a trial, and we had a pretty full courthouse. Now, it was a pretrial hearing. It wasn't a trial. And we had a court supporter who just wouldn't shut up. She just wouldn't shut up. And she just kept making noises and talking and saying stuff. And my wife was sitting right next to me, and she was like, just kind of trying to shush her. And she actually kind of gave her a little nudge. And afterward, oh, that was the big deal. Oh, you've offended me. You've assaulted me. You've been shut the fuck up. Okay? You can't talk in the courtroom. All it does is make us all look bad. And then later it was, well, this person has Tourette's. Well, great, if you have Tourette's, don't come to support somebody. Please, don't do it. That very same group of supporters, and I'm going to kind of put air quotes around it, because frankly, I don't consider some of it support decided they're going to go out to lunch and have a couple of beers. Well, they come back after that, they were feeling a little better than before, as beers will do for you. Sometimes during the court hearing, something good happened. These dumbasses fist bumped each other in court. Can you imagine? What the fuck? What is wrong with you people? I'm embarrassed while I'm sitting here trying to conduct something that works. Okay, that doesn't work. 
It makes us look like buffoons. Everything we do besides these things we're talking about makes us look like buffoons. Now, I want to paint a picture. Have you ever seen footage of a trial where a cop killer was on trial? Have you ever seen that? Because you know what happens is there's a whole courtroom full of dress uniforms. Because you know why? All the cops are there. And you know how they act? Just like we're saying to act. They just sit there very stoically and quietly in their dress vest uniforms. And they show silent support. Guess what? Those guys always get convicted. Think the support has something to do with it? Maybe. Overall support makes a difference. All right. Do not read in court. Don't bring a book. If you're going to bring a book, sit outside. Don't come to court and read. They don't want you to do that. That's not what court's about. You can write. You can write all you want. Take notes. It's great. Good idea. Write. Draw pictures. We've had plenty of sketch artists. Don't read a book. Worst idea ever. It's disrespectful. If you happen to have something that the court has handed out as reading material for whatever reason, every once in a while there's some little thing that they give you, great, you can read that. But anything else, don't do it. Be seated. Standing in the courtroom may be permitted only at the discretion of the clerk. Individual chairs against the side walls, the spectator area reserved for law clerks and court staff. Doorways and passageways should be kept clear at all times. Repeat it. Repeated entrances and exits are to be avoided. Now, there's one example that I would say sometimes, when we organize this correctly, we've done, I say, successfully. Generally, when the judge comes into the chambers, we stand up. Generally. Not always, but generally. Sometimes they say remain seated. But... There's times when a defendant gets brought into the room that we also have stood up just to acknowledge the defendant. Also, this is something, again, you have to choreograph ahead of time. Make, your, make it be a plan. When the jury comes into a room in a trial, you stand up and respect them. Nobody's ever said don't stand up when the jury walks in. Again, you don't have to do it. It's just something that we have learned. It's it, it, it's just an element of saying we're here, we're, we're, we're solid, we're just here for support. All right, we're getting close here, folks. Check the schedules posted on the court bulletin boards for changes in times and room assignments. I don't know how many times people show up to their hearings, their own hearings, and they didn't get the memo that it was not at this time, it was at that time. And either they got to sit around court for half a day waiting for their after-lunch calendar date or... They showed up late and got a bench warrant. Neither way is good, folks. Keep on top of your own schedule. It's important to keep in mind that not all courts have the same rules and the same level of enforcing those rules. But if you follow the above guidelines, you can minimize the risk of offending the court or becoming target of a hostile court personnel. We've had plenty of that happen. At the same time, we're sending a powerful message of our own. We are here. We're not going away. Medical cannabis is legal, and no one should go to jail for a plant. And I just think that these haven't changed much in a long time, and I think there's not a reason for them to. It's good, sound advice. Um, I've been in courtrooms where they allowed sandals and shorts. 
and I've been in courtrooms where the the rules were very strict. Every court is its own thing. We have to remember when we go to court, you're in a different world. You're in a different universe. It's not like everywhere else. You don't have the same freedom or rights in a courtroom as you do outside of the, the courthouse. And so for that, I would say to you, if you're capable and willing to engage in the kind of rules that I'm talking about, I would say, please, please, I would ask and beg you to come to court. Be there for the people that need it. If you're incapable of that, consider protesting outside of the courtroom, outside of the courthouse, where First Amendment free speech is everywhere. Okay? So this is something that um, doesn't always happen. So most recently, we had a case where we had some court support that was not organized by the Human Solution. We had members of the Human Solution that were present or, or, or en route to attending this, but we did not organize this. We did not even know the people that were committing these offenses, or at least not, we weren't, we weren't directing them. Or if they, we were, they weren't following our direction. But some ruckus happened. And we had somebody get thrown out of court and get arrested. And they, I believe they're still in custody. I don't know if they got out or not. Uh, we got called out as being somehow engaged with it. And we weren't. And, you know, we responded and we got a little, maybe chose some words poorly and we got reprimanded and, Again, the social media nightmare of, of, of anybody looking for anything wrong and anything that can be said that's, that's negative, boom, it comes out. So here it is. This is the attorney post response in, in response to the court incident. To all medical cannabis activists, today in Davies County, when Joni Harshman and I were arguing for bond modification for Jamie Wilson, and some activists, we were out, wait, let me start all over again. Today in Davies County, when Joni Harshman and I were arguing for bond modification for Jamie Wilson, some activists were outraged that the judge denied our request, saying that he would not allow Mr. Wilson to medicate well on bond. The reasoning was that well on bond, all federal, state, and local laws must be followed. Cannabis is still federally illegal, so to allow him access to cannabis on bond would violate federal law. He told us to take him up on appeal. We eventually will. The motion to dismiss will be argued February 5th. If that motion is denied, we will determine if appeal is the best route at the time. But some things to note. All right. Pay attention. This is really important. This is from an attorney that is representing a defendant pro bono, and this is his point of view. Allegations that the prosecutor wasn't ready to address the motion is not entirely accurate. Under procedural rules, if she gets 30 days, she gets 30 days to prepare a response. If this was the prosecution who filed something, the defense would get the same courtesy. Please refrain from bad-mouthing the prosecutor for simply utilizing the time the law allows her. Again, this is from the attorney defending the client that we're supporting. This 
is what this attorney is saying. Who is defending them pro bono? All right, let me continue. Judges, like lawyers, have to adhere to a judicial code of ethics enforced by the Missouri Bar. Their ethics rules are even more stringent than the lawyers. The Missouri Bar has given us little guidance. Many lawyers won't wade into cannabis law for this reason. The judge also has a family to support, and he took an oath to uphold both Missouri's Constitution as well as the federal Constitution. He doesn't want to make this call and, and is being conservative. You can disagree with him, and I certainly do, but you can't blame him for wanting his bosses at the Court of Appeals to give him guidance on this very gray area that even states who have established medical marijuana programs haven't ruled on or lacked precedent on. Three, progress doesn't often doesn't happen as fast as patients want or need sometimes. Litigation takes a long time. It's not like television. We got seven and a half minutes to handle our business today. We disagree with the judge in his ruling, but there are processes and procedures that must be followed. It's frustrating. It takes time, and it's very challenging climate. This is a matter of first impression. Everyone, including the courts, are trying to figure this out. When activists flip off judges, point and yell at judges, while we understand the frustration and emotion behind this, we ask everyone to please remain silent and respectful in the courtrooms at all times. Now, one protester is facing 14 days in jail with a serious heart condition, which puts him at serious risk. Not only do these outbursts make already difficult cases far more challenging for us lawyers and our clients, it reflects poorly on the community as a whole. If activists truly care about the patients they advocate for, let us do our work without the added stress and drama of protests in court. Please keep the protests outside. Four, stop bringing your medicine through court security. The security officer at this court is a sheriff's office employee and is alleged and allegedly set up the nitro drug task force in the cal- in that county. They may act nice to you, but you might be on a list now, and they might be following your social media. You're now a target, so are your friends. Please protect patients and their acquaintances and their friends. You can't medicate in the court. Please leave your medication in the vehicle. Don't try to complicate things by flaunting your patient rights in a place that you know is hostile. Lawyers will go on, will stop taking these cases. Let me rephrase that or repeat it. Lawyers will stop taking these cases pro bono and will stop interacting online and won't be there in support if our work is made more difficult and even more burdens are placed on our time. Please realize that this is being done for no payment. So adding to our time and financial burdens with this sort of behavior will result in fewer lawyers being willing to help indigent patients. Please help us help you. Exercise discretion and respect. That's the quickest way to solve the challenges that lie ahead. All right, folks. I for some reason, thought I could get through all this material in an hour, and I'm not <laughs> going to be able to do that. So we're going to resume this conversation next week, and I'm going to get continue on court support, but we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. So first up, we've got George Martorano on the line, and George joins us uh, generally once a week from Philadelphia. Uh, George is a longtime Human Solution member and um, a man who I deeply respect. He spent 32-plus years in federal prison 
for pot. And if you think that that's just a thing, imagine it. Take a minute and try to imagine what that would be like. 32 years in prison for pot. I couldn't. I spent a couple of months locked up, and it drove me batty. I don't know how he did it, but he did it, and he did it, and and did good work while he was in there. Now he's out. He's rebuilding, rising up from the ashes. The Phoenix. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine somebody more worthy of success in this new world than George Martirano. And he's always got some loving words of wisdom to share with us. George Martirano, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, my hey, my California brother. What's going, Joe? How are you? How's your family? Everything is spectacular. We're doing great, and uh, you know we're we're organizing our walk for change across America, and um, it's starting to get exciting. We got some good uh, good announcements today, um, and and we got uh, um, a, a prisoner that looks like uh, some good news is going to be happening. Michael Thompson. We got a an update about him that we're going to be bringing up towards the end of the show. So um, a lot of good things happening right now. Good, good, good. Well, first I want to say uh, to uh, D.D. D.D. Kurtwood and your wife Liz and and everybody that uh, send my love and uh, and uh, Kathy Z. That's the most important thing. And uh, everything's good here. Uh, <clears throat> incidentally, I just signed a contract last week. They're doing a major documentary on me. I want to share that with everybody. And, and it's not about me. Uh, uh, if anybody gets the chance, the people that film it's called the uh, Crisis on Kensington. That was their last video, well, a, a documentary rather, a award-winning documentary, Crisis on Kensington, about a section of Philadelphia saturated with op- opioid addiction, saturated. And it's such a, such a sad situation. But uh, <clears throat> I'm moving forward with the CBD, and uh, you know I'm a man of uh, fact. Fact and uh, and uh, and uh, just the other day, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I had a brother that uh, from anxiety, severe anxiety, had a tremendous uh, tremor, his hands shake, and uh, we ministered to him and we gave him some CBD pre rolls. And within, ladies and gentlemen, you had to be there. Here's a man that uh, thought he had no life, and after three puffs. Three inhales of good CBD, this man stopped shaking, and he wept. He wept. So I want I want to show the power of uh, of this industry, the CBD and even THC, where you can do it. It helps so so many, so so many. Uh, I did 32 plus years in a cage, and uh, one thing I would not give up. I fought. From my uh, depths of my soul, my individuality. That's the problem with America, uh, with this mass incarceration. They throw you in there for long term, short term, whatever. They try to take your individuality. When you go, when you go to the these, these uh, <clears throat> uh, Sea World exhibits or these uh, zoos, and you see and uh, <clears throat> penguins. That's what they try to make out of you. <clears throat> a mass situation where they take away your individuality. Never give that up, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your character. Of course, from your individuality, you can do many things to help others. Since I've been home, uh, I didn't have much when I came home, but I took three homeless people up the street 
and they're prospering. So you can do a lot. You can do a lot. You can't can't solve all the problems, but you must solve some problems within your reach, Joe. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, the thing of it is, is everything you do affects everybody around you. And even the smallest actions, you know, you've taken some – some broad, bold actions, but even the smallest action, talking to somebody, taking a minute and, and sharing a little something or, or giving them a little bit of medicine or whatever it is, um, these these are lasting actions. These are things that affect everything and everybody. What we have to remember, I think, is everything we do affects everybody around us. Well, like I said, we're all – you have to be a believer in our industry. The cannabis industry has to be a believer, but being a believer, true believer, then you go on to help others. My Hip Hem Cafe is helping so much others. Hopefully, we'll have many other stores. Uh, what we provide is jobs and helping the people that are emotionally and physically ill. That comes first. That comes first. So, like I said, uh, I did a little best I can with the little I have, but uh, it's cold, Joe. I'm standing out on the sidewalk in Philly. It's about 10 degrees, and I wish I was wow. with you guys out there. <laughs> I'm not going to even tell you about how it is right now, because uh, it, it, it's been in the, in the low 70s out here in the daytime. So, oh, my uh, gosh. I'm actually standing much- out on the sidewalk in Philadelphia. It's 10 degrees, but the most important thing is to pay attention to the good work of Human Solutions. Pay attention to Joe and his family. They do so much, and uh, they really care. And uh, they taught me how to care because, you know, you almost lost it in the cell all those years. But people like the Human Solutions and Joe and his wife, they came to my to my aid and uh, it keeps you going. And kept my, you made me keep my individuality, ladies and gentlemen. You must be an individual. You must, you the character you must be born with, you must stay with, and you must help others. Thank you, Joe. I couldn't agree more, George. And uh, you know, you're just uh, you're one of the few people that I that I, I use for inspiration. Um, and I I just uh, am grateful to be your friend and your brother. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. I'll be out there soon, Joe. I promise I'll be out there. I give you my word. You're going to see me soon. <laughs> well, All right. I'll still Thank be you. there, and it'll still be warm. <laughs> all right. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless you all. Thank you. George Toronto, folks. And uh, today, Craig Cecil didn't call in. And I, I believe he, he warned us last week that he might not be able to, but, you know, we always leave the door open for him. Craig is serving a life sentence in federal prison for pot at the same time that I have people every day trying to do some kind of a of a business deal, one way or another, this or that or the other thing. I get people that get upset because I'm not out there just doing things the way they want them to. But you know what? I've been locked up for pot. George has been locked up for pot. Plenty of people have been locked up for pot. And I don't want to do that again. I think that what we need to do is keep showing up. You know, it's a funny thing. There was a person who used to be part of our organization <clears throat> that's gone on her way and done her own thing now. But one of the things she said, and uh, I, I say it's a good thing, and, and it's, it's interesting because activism's not hard. Activism is is probably one of the most broad-based 
things that somebody can do to make a difference in the world. And and we're going to continue this conversation. I, I, hell, I might not have a guest for a month. I've got so much to say. But the truth is, activism <clears throat> is something that we can do effectively or we can do ineffectively. And I think that if we remember, the biggest part of activism, I think, is stay in the course. And this person said, all we do is show up. And I was like, yeah, if all we did was show up, we would get the job done. If we just showed up every time there was a need, if we just showed up every time somebody said, I need court support, if we just showed up and wrote a letter every time there was a letter that needed to be right, if we just showed up and paid attention and didn't get in the way and didn't cause problems, it would make a difference. And that's all you'd have to do. But the problem is, one of the many, 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 many problems that we have with good-hearted, wonderful activists is their egos and their headaches and their whatever, their diseases, their brain disablements, disabilities, their problems, all the things that get in the way. If we were just to remember that if we just keep showing up instead of finding every single reason to not show up, I can't work with that person. Oh, I've got something going on. I can't do it. i got it's too much for me. You know what? I'm going to tell you guys all a secret. It's a great secret. If you listen to this secret, you'll win every single time. We create what we think. Hello. That's it. We create what we think. If we think, oh, it's terrible. Oh, Nobody's supporting me. Oh, I can't handle this. Oh, it's too much. Guess what? That's what you get. If you think, oh, I'm going to do some good out there. I'm going to help. That's what you get. And the, and the trick is with this, you know, many years ago when we had a bigger organization than we do today, we're, I'd say we're better today but not bigger, I used to say, come aboard. Come join the Human Solution. We have endless work that we're doing, and it pays unlimited intangible benefits. And nothing could be truer. I don't do this because I get paid for it. That's for God's sure. I don't do this because I have to. I don't do this because I'm fighting a case anymore. I do it because it's the right thing to do, and I also do it because it just feels so darn good. Every once in a while, and I never know when it's going to happen, but every once in a while, sometimes when I get frustrated, it almost happens <laughs> serendipitously. Like, I'll be sitting there just going, those fucking volunteers, they just don't do what they say. They don't show up. They do the wrong thing. They don't listen. And then somebody will call me up and say, you know, Joe, I remember four years ago listening to you say this one thing, and it just changed my life forever. And I just go, oh. <laughs> Or I remember when you were there in support for me and I was hauled in in shackles and I turned around and looked and I saw your ribbon and, and the people that were there and it just like said, hold on, you can do this. You know, that's what we do, folks. I have people that have been locked up. George Martirano, we wrote letters to him when he was locked up. I knew George for six years while he was locked up behind bars. <clears throat> and he remembers because it makes a difference. You can't put a price tag on that. It's the best cleaning clean drug you could ever imagine. So your body, your brain creates this chemical called dopamine. And dopamine is the good boy drug that your brain creates when you do 
things that are not good and wholesome, it lessens. But for whatever reason, the dopamine hit that you get from when somebody comes and says, wow, you helped me. It made a difference in my life. Or maybe especially if you've been on both sides of it. I've been locked up and I've looked at that courtroom and seen people out there supporting me. And I remember, like it was yesterday, that feeling of just love, that just, like, you just can't. I, if I could bottle that stuff, I'd tell you what, I'd be a billionaire just like that, okay? That's the real stuff. And if we can remember that and forget all the reasons why we can't help, why we can't this and why we can't that and why we can't that, we'd be done. All right, I got way too much to do, and I'm totally out of time, but we're going to push forward because some of this stuff is just too darn important. <coughs> so I want to announce something really cool. Uh, we've been working with Michael Thompson for a long time now. I met Michael Thompson, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And he came to us through Claudia Perkins, who sent this whole big packet to Tom Corby, who turned around and got it to me. We got in touch with Claudia, got in touch with Michael, and we've been working with Michael, who's, who's serving a ridiculous uh, prison sentence in Michigan where they have not only medical but recreational pot. And he is serving a sentence that he'll never get out of if, if it doesn't get fixed. And we started working with him. And at that time, we had a big prison outreach program, and we were – you know, going good, everything was going great, but, you know, I'm only one person, and I got stuck in a spot where I couldn't, I was getting spread too thin, not unlike today, but I was blessed enough to have this woman, Dee Dee Kirkwood, who came aboard, and she said, you know, Joe, I'd like to take on this one task, and I, something told me, ah, it's just the right thing to do, so I gave it to Dee Dee, I said, do be proud, and Dee Dee has stayed with this, Doggedly, she is just, she's one of these obsessive people that when she gets something in her head, she's just not going to let it go. She doesn't sleep, she doesn't eat, she doesn't whatever, she just keeps on it. And she has this fire and passion, and she might not remember what she did yesterday, or she might remember what she did a month ago, and she might be able to recite the Constitution word for word. It doesn't matter. She has the heart and the drive, and that's the thing that makes the difference between getting things done. So Dee Dee's been working behind the scenes with Michael and all these people back and forth. Then we had this guy, Sean King, that was supposed to be able to do this great media attention. And I was like, well, we tried. We put up this website and did all this stuff, and nothing happened. I was frustrated. And Dee Dee's like, oh. she always was like, I know, maybe this could work. We were on a little vacation together, and she was frustrated, and I was frustrated, and it was like, well, Maybe she just said, I just still believe that maybe this can work, and I and I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, I've been trying so hard for so many years to create a, a team, you know, and, and, and every time you think you got something, somebody has a drama, somebody has a calamity, somebody has a problem with somebody else, and it just seems like as soon as you get close, things start to shatter. But Dee Dee just... Behind the scenes, she's not out there. She's not out there getting glory. She's just working it, working it, working it. And then one day she calls me up, not too long ago. She says, "Joe, I got in touch with this group called the Last Prisoner Project, and they want to help." And then she got in touch with with an, another major group that's 
connected, and I'm not going to throw those names out because we haven't really laid anything down yet, but another major player, and I've been in talks with these people. Well, just today I spoke with one of the representatives from the last prisoner project, and she informed me, and this is a group that's only been around since September, but they spent a lot of time preparing before they got together, and there's a couple of attorneys involved, and as as I know right now, these are some amazing people, but we're going to be getting to know each other a lot better. Anyways, they've, they've pledged $10,000 towards Michael's housing expenses, and they're have this tremendous media campaign that they're launching, and this guy, um, Sean King, just put out on his Instagram, I, apparently after an hour he already had 14,000 views on this thing, wow. so apparently his reach is more than mine, <laughs> which is great, because I don't know social media very well. We're finally starting to get some, some bite on this show, and it's starting to take off, but I don't know how it's happening. I know Bobby's making it happen, but other than that, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, the one of the things that we're doing right now, Michael is potentially going to be getting released. And this has happened because of a whole lot of backroom dealings, and now there's a big push for community support. And I want you all to pay attention. Write down this if you can, because it's really simple. FreeMichaelThompson.com. FreeMichaelThompson.com. It's a website that was put up, and I'm not even sure who put it up, but I know it was well done, and it lays out a, a plan of action that's bulletproof. And I ask, please go to that, and there's direction to write a letter on Michael's behalf. And there's a good chance really good chance that after all these years of us working together that Michael's going to get released soon That's right. and that we're going to be there for him. And I just want to, for one second, I know that uh, my good friend Dee Dee was, was on the phone with Michael at the beginning of the show and she just popped in and I promised I wasn't going to do too much interviewing or anything like that. We're already over time, but I just want to bring in Dee Dee to get a little update and just bow my hat to her. Dee Dee Kirkwood, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, that's so wonderful, everything you said, Joe. And it's just so uplifting because of this teamwork that is getting bigger and bigger, and every sign is pointing towards Michael really, really being free. Starting January 29th, when the petition uh, will be presented by these lawyers, all done top-notch. Michael saw it today and signed it and said it just couldn't be more perfectly done. And so they called the governor, uh, and she's waiting for it. So everything is aligned right now, and he is feeling very hopeful. And I'm just, like, so excited because I can feel it, taste it. The vision is there. I can just see him being free. After 25 years, everybody is, like, saying enough. And all that pressure is really adding up to, like, a big response, hopefully very soon from the governor. So thank you, Joe, for passing me the baton. I would never give up if you wanted me to help you. And it has brought me everything you said that volunteerism brings, uh, like, beyond my wildest dreams, Joe. It has transformed my life. So it worked both ways. Well, thank you so much, Dee Dee. We love you. And I just wanted to... Yeah. To share that little tidbit, and it's it's also true. So I can't wait to hear yeah. the 
the final good news, and, and what would you say to yeah. everybody that's considering writing a letter on behalf of Michael right now? Oh, my gosh, it's so easy. I looked, and all you have to do is just click a couple of buttons and do it all online. It just takes, like, minutes. It's just so easy. So you can either write your own words or just click what they did. It could not be easier at that michaelthompson.com site. That's brand new, and that was from Sean King. Awesome. All right, well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, thank you so yep. much, Judy, and uh, I look forward to uh, thank watching you. this. All Absolutely. Right. Now, Get ready. Oh, sorry, I accidentally cut you up, but I love you, Dee Dee, and uh, this thing delays sometimes. The next thing I want to bring up is um, Danny Trevino. We've talked about Danny. Danny's been on the show. Um, we have also a call to action for Danny, and we have it in two different places. One is on the Human Solution website, thsintl.org, and you click on Call to Action. And the same situation is there, what you can do how to do it, and please, we're, we're running out of time. We've got about less than a week to get these letters and off to Danny's attorney. The next place that this is at, I want to direct your attention once again to walk4change.us, walk4change.us. Now I want to present to you the Walk for Change T-shirt. Here's the front of it. Pete, turn around, show us the back of it. There's the back of it showing our sponsors. And the Walk for Change, as we've been talking about for the past six months, um, I'm going to encourage you to uh, take this bait. And first of all, call to action. Anybody who writes a letter for Danny Trevino, show me a picture of that letter, send an email into it, and you're going to get one of these T-shirts. Just wow. like that. Bam. Write a letter for Michael Thompson. Show me the evidence of that. You're going to get a T-shirt. Bam, just like that. Um, make a $20 or more donation to walkforchange.us. Sponsor the Walk for Change. Any of those things. Get involved. Sign up and actually be a volunteer and begin volunteering. Get a T-shirt. Any and all of these things will get you one of these amazing T-shirts or, or a future printing of it. Also... We now have the most recent postcard. This is a postcard that talks about the Walk for Change, shows the route, and features our sponsors. And so, that card has a call to action on it as well. It does. It does have a call to action. So we do encourage you, um, if you, if you want to get a hold of some of these cards, get a hold of us. And, again, go to thsintl.org or walk4change.us. And uh, hit those emails and let us know what you need. We will help you, I promise. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to get through about a third of what I've set out to today. So um, let's see. We're an hour and ten minutes into a one-hour show. So we are at that magical place. Um, Sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Sorry, Siri. I'm <laughs> not asking for your help right now. I don't know. She doesn't help me when I want her to, and then when I asked for help, she didn't quite catch that. Women. Yes, yes. I love them. <laughs> I do love them. All right. So we have a lot of work to do right now. This is a critical time. Uh, the walkforchange.us is the website, Walk for Change is the event. The event is going to be heading out on June 20th from somewhere in Southern California and traveling eastward across the country. 
it will also be happening anywhere that we have a minor walk, a mile marker, um, a rally, an event. All of these things are the walk for change. Don't feel, if you're looking at the route and you say, well, I don't know why they're not coming through my town. You get me 50 people that were willing to walk a mile or two and carry some signs and be part of this, and you will be part of this. But, Joe, we've got, we can say, we can say unequivocally that we have at least six states right now that are planning events. Uh, uh, and if you want to plan a walk in your state, please reach out again to the walk for change dot, uh, walk number four change dot us. Send us, in, send us uh, your information. Click that volunteer tab. It's, it's easy to do. It, it truly is. These walks aren't, don't have to be your statewide. They can be just planned walks with your community, with your group. You know, it's all about truly just showing su support and upstanding and solidarity. So, uh, again, don't think it has to be a major thing across your whole state. It can be. We'd love that. But get involved. That's, that's all we're asking. And, and remember, you know, again, the things that people bring to me, most often, rather than, how can I help, what can I do, here's a couple of bucks, instead what I generally get is, well, you know, I can't walk across the country. Some of us work, <laughs> you know, or I get, um, well, I can't even walk, or I get, well, this is such a broad thing you're doing, I just don't know if it's going to matter, or I get... Um, you know, any number of reasons why we can't do this. But I tell you what, and this is important for you to understand, we have some sponsors, we have pledges of support, we still have a few months to really get this thing together. But what we have is a team of people that have enough heart to walk across the country. And I tell you this, and I've done this before, I could start in California with a blank piece of poster board and a Sharpie and start walking and write a sign as I'm walking and carry it and just start walking. And I guarantee you by the time I got out of that town, I'd have somebody walking with me. And once I had two people and we both had a sign or some way to say we're doing something other than just walking, we would get another person and another person and eventually somebody would shoot a video, and eventually somebody would do an interview, and eventually in total grassroots with no support whatsoever, we could build this thing. Now imagine, we live in USA 2020 with some people that care and some people that have something to offer and a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there and a plan. We even have people in this team that have done this before. Imagine what we could do. Well, just look at Forrest Gump. He did it, and he had he just did it because he wanted just to. Just because he wanted to. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine what it would be like if the thing that we wanted to change got changed because we walked. And now I want to ask you, what would move you? What would be important enough? What would it take? to get you to care enough about this to help. Because you know what? I got people every single day that say, can I come on over to pick something up or to do this or to take your time or to get this? Every single day I have multiple people that want to take my time in some way to benefit themselves. 
or something I've done or whatever it is. How many of those people do you think are actively helping the walk for change right now? Not a very big number. <laughs> Not a very big number. What if, what if for just a minute, we were to say that thing that Joe's spending 15 to 20 hours a week on and keeps talking about, maybe I could make it important too. Maybe I could help. Maybe I should. Maybe I could make a difference. What would it take for you to care enough about something to help me with the walk for change? What would it take? I don't know the answer to that, but I'm asking you right now. Reach out. Go on to one of these two websites. Type in, I want to help. You'll get a T-shirt, and you'll be able to change the world. So think about what would it take you to want to help. Now, how can I help? You can walk. You can become part of a team. We've got a dozen teams that are working on this right now. You can sponsor. You can kick in some money. You can help us to coordinate an event. We've got events going from one to the next to the next. We have uh, trail ferries that are going to help our walkers, give them a place to stay, feed them, be a cook, be part of the support team, donate a vehicle to travel along behind or in front of the walkers. There's so many things that anybody could do. You can walk, you can ride a roller skate, you can you can bicycle, you can kayak, whatever it is. Just you can't have an engine on it. That's all. You can be part of this. You can take your wheelchair. You can have somebody push you. There's so many ways you can participate. You could walk for ten steps and be part of this. That's it. You could be present at a rally. You don't even have to walk. You can be present at a rally and just be there supporting us. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I talked about the same topic every week for I don't know how many weeks now. Quite a few. And I have people that come in and out of my life and are, <laughs> are engaged in various and sundry different elements of my life, and most of them have no fucking clue how important this is. And they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be frustrated by it. I'm going to be motivated by George Martirano and D.D. Kirkwood, and I'm going to just keep on going, and I'm going to keep on smiling, and I'm going to keep on working with the people that are working. I got Becca Nichols in the background just kicking ass. Yes, she is. Just kicking ass. <laughs> and she's not out there going, look at me, look at me. She's just helping, helping. Most of my chapter coordinators aren't even actually helping. Some of them are. I got some here that are. But plenty of them aren't. That doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean you aren't, and I just don't know about it. But you know what? A team is a team. We need to be together. We need to be working together. We need to make this thing happen, and we can and we will. All right. I have now taken up another 10 minutes of my rant, <laughs> and I'm going to give Jeff Eichen about 30 seconds of time because that's all I have to give him. But Jeff Eichen, Life First the Movie, he's been on this show many, many times. He's part of the team. He's friend, family. We love Jeff. Welcome to the show. You got 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> Hemp and Parade, everybody. And I'm really proud of my team in Michigan. And I'm ta- proud of the whole team that is doing the walk. I'm proud of myself for being right here and, and now. Um, I'm not traveling because my shoulder's down right now. And that's my shoulder that I drag all my equipment with when I go 
you know, cross country to film Michael Thompson. And I was in there last year and we can't wait to see how this turns out. And no matter what, Michael, we love you and we love the human solution and our whole team that's gearing up for a big walk. Come join us. And um, remember three, two, one, if you hold three fingers up forwards, um, that's the weed sign, and that's the new peace sign, everybody. I love you so much, everybody. I'm proud of you all, and ham, ham, hooray, as Jack Herrera would say, our granddaddy of reform. Thank you so much, Jeff, and I did get your message the other day. I will call you tomorrow, and I want to talk and, and, and get some plans figured out. So love you, Jeff. Let's and break down. Work. Let's break down. I'm, yeah, I'm super proud of you all, and um and, yeah, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and um, thanks, everybody, for being patient while you're in jail, and we're coming for you all. Absolutely. All right, folks, Jeff Eichen, Lifers the Movie, and uh, part of the team. All right, here we go, Tom Corby, to close the show out, and we're going to slide out before the hour-and-a-half, one-hour show. I keep promising a one-hour, one-hour show, but, gosh dang it, I just don't know how. I'm sorry. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How you doing? Get up close to that microphone, Tom. Can you hear me? There you go. Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yes. I do hear you. Okay, good. (laughs) Thanks for the words. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I'd like to, I want to thank you and the Coffee Party Radio Show for another great show. And uh, when we talk about Michael Thompson, uh, I remember it must have been about what Joe five years ago that uh, Claudia Claudia Simpson uh, sent that package to us. They they got our 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 number on the Human Solution in NorCal. And when she sent that package, oh my God, it was a it was a big package with with everything Mike all his Michael's accomplishments and all he's done in prison to help in there, and how we've been uh, coming for Michael all this time. And then I finally got the package to you, and I'm glad you carried the ball on. And and then thank you, sweetheart, Dee Kirkwood. Or carrying the ball on from there, and it'd be great to see Michael finally uh, uh, get out get out of out of prison. But just uh, it's just unacceptable and uh, incomprehensible how people are spending their life uh, in prison for our sacred plans, and that's why we come hard uh, for those uh, that that need the help. And uh, application. Uh, talk about court support. You know, I could go on for hours about court support. How important it is to even have a people there. And again, it, uh, it, 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 it takes time to learn how to what how to react and not react in those courtrooms. They're all a dog and pony show, and they're wasting time and taxpayers' money in there, and it's really a shame. Uh, also, when we talk about uh, cannabis icons and lawyers, 
uh, Lencho Weedman, uh, Larry Kellerman uh, passed on this January 4th. Uh, I go back, way back with Lencho Weedman. Uh, Joe does too. Uh, you remember Conika Kellerman, the case I got up here for Kel- Conika, and we went for court support for her, and I think you went to one of her uh, hearings when you were up here, Joe. Yeah, I did. And, uh, yeah, so she finally uh, she finally uh, got a pretty good deal, and now we're learning that uh, that after, after a defendant uh, pays his, his fines and does his probation, it's an automatic dismissal. This is what you want, folks. You don't want an expungement that can still screw you. So you're always shooting for a dismissal. Uh, 995 probable cause to dismiss motion is so important when we bring these cases forward. Uh, Larry Kellerman, Mencho, uh, uh, so sad. Talk about icon warriors, but he did. Uh, you can get his book, uh, Lencho, uh, on Amazon. Uh, he was so thankful that we came and helped his wife, uh, Kanika. Then I finally met him when I found out uh, who he was, and his case was like federal. He was still on probation federally for all the stuff he did. And what he went through, I'm surprised that he lived as long as he did. Even he agreed that what he went through, and he had actually had about, I think, believe seven heart attacks, and that that finally got him. And uh, so may Lencher Wheaton rest in peace. We're certainly going to miss him. Now, okay, I want to thank everybody today. Uh, Frank and Ann's right here with me. So much help, and 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 thank you, Joe, again for all your good products. Appreciate it. And uh, all those on the front line coming together, joining hands to fighting and prohibition. No one should go to jail for a sacred plan. Thank you all today. And don't forget to breathe. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom Corby. And I want to remind everybody that uh, I got to about a third of the, well, close to half of the material I had laid out for this. And so uh, next week we're going to tell some stories about court support and, and, and show a lot of examples of things that worked and things that didn't. Um, Becca's going to join us. She was going to join us today, but I just won't shut up. And uh, you know how that is. So here we are. We're an hour and 25 minutes into an hour-long show. And <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I just want to thank everybody that's been part of the show, made it happen, and we'll see you all next week. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done. You were all.